0: Trailblazers interview with Evan Blair, one of the co-founders of ZeroFox. Brilliant. Right. Well, um, obviously you guys won within about eighteen months of being founded, yeah. I noticed, and a year later you'd had one of your, you know, significant rounds of funding. So what I thought would be great is we love to revisit things, and um, you know, 2014 is a long time ago. Yes and zero fox has come on leaps and bounds if we pardon the pun um so it's great to sort of have you here and sit down with you at rsa it's particularly nice to sit down in a park versus in uh, an exhibition center or in a press room so
1: very much so i
0: thought we'd just go through you know exploring a little bit more about what's been going on i you know can you tell us a little bit about ZeroFox and what your focus is.
1: Sure. So XeroFox is the leader in digital risk protection. When we started, uh, we were very laser focused on social media mm-hmm. because a lot of business engagement with the, the market, with their customers uh, and employees engaging personally uh, took place on social media platforms. Mm-hmm. And so there was a lot of risk inherently uh, inherent in that engagement and that uh, activity. Uh, but now we've since broadened our scope as businesses have really engaged across across. across all of the digital world, right? Into the web, forums, uh, blogs, news sites, uh, mobile app stores, marketplaces, you know, the deep web, pay sites, even the dark web, uh, on and on. And so we provide customers with a a single platform to manage, uh, gain visibility, and then manage the security risks uh, and and the attacks that are propagating across this digital uh, surface. We call it uh, the the public attack surface, if you will. Mm -hmm. These platforms are are public uh, in nature. You can't secure them the same way you secure your own infrastructure. Uh, And so ZeroFox gives you the ability to see what's happening in real time, to analyze what's happening in real time, uh, using machine learning, AI and other open rules and uh, our open rules engine to look for particular risk issues, maybe things like uh, impersonations, uh, fraud, targeted phishing campaigns, uh, social engineering activities, uh, piracy or counterfeit goods being sold. Uh, identify that and then take action on it. So we're not just alerting you to say, hey, these are the bad things that are occurring to your brand, to your customers. This is the data that we've found that's been shared uh, in an unauthorized manner, but we're actually taking it down. Uh, we're doing something about it. We're remediating the problem and that is a remediation that takes place on the platforms themselves. These platforms that we don't have control over from a security perspective, we reach into Facebook. We reach into LinkedIn and remove that. We reach out to domain registrars and remove fraudulent or spoofed domains. We even have the ability to impact email security and an advanced email security capacity for BEC or business email compromise uh, types of attacks uh, through takedowns and infrastructure dismantlement uh, of the phishing campaign itself. Uh, So it's really visibility, and protection is what we're providing customers uh, today, and it's really important because most of our business activities are taking place in this public sphere. Yeah, and we have to secure the business where the business exists. Right? We we shouldn't be focused inward when everything else is focused outward. And I think that's a different thought process for security professionals. But we're seeing more and more uh, think this way. Uh, the the market is growing fast. Mm. Uh, you know, you see it in a couple areas, ours in particular, the digital risk protection space. But you also see it in the tangential market of threat intelligence that's growing, where we're trying to say, hey, how do we look external uh, to impact the security of our organization? And that's really where ZeroFox sits is the kind of the global leader uh, in digital risk protection.
0: Mm-hmm. So obviously as a founder, and there's, I think four or five of you who set up ZeroFox originally. Um, you know, it's, I'm sure it's been quite a, Quite a speedy journey, although I'm sure you probably would have wanted things to go a little <laughs> bit faster at times. Always. Um, what a, what a, what would you say are some of the key moments on your journey that were especially challenging?
1: Mm. Especially challenging. Well, uh, one of the uh, challenging moments was how do we go international? Right. Uh, uh, right? So we're a US based company, we're an East Coast uh, company based in Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, and I think that's really an important distinction. I, I think we operate with a different mindset mm-hmm. being from the East Coast than, than the West Coast, right? Yeah. Uh, and our first uh, large uh, uh, investors, you know, or Comcast Ventures, uh, their c stage fund, uh, and uh, NEA. Oh. But now NEA is obviously yeah. one of the largest venture capital firms in the world, uh, and people think of them as a Silicon Valley firm, but their yeah, main office it. is in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so. With that mindset uh, and the growth that we had, especially in the financial services sector and the consumer goods uh, space, you know, when we were ready to go international, we said, how do we do this? Uh, and now we have three international offices. So we have an office in Santiago, Chile. Uh, we have a, do a lot of research uh, and, and some development out of that. And we run some operations out of that. And we also have a fairly sizable Latin American sales presence um, out of our Santiago office. Uh, we have an office in London. Uh, which is, I'd say, um, a, a very fast growing office for us as uh, uh, the UK market and then the broader EMEA market is, is in general has been very receptive to, to us uh, and to the problems uh, that we're, we're able to solve. Uh, and then we also have an office in uh, Bangalore, Bangalore, India, uh, and that has really allowed us to expand our uh, managed services capacity uh, for, uh, for a market that is certainly in desperate need of vendors not just saying, here's a new tool to waste your team's time with, which, you know, I think sometimes you, you, you get in the threat intelligence space that they're another tool that might need to throw analysts at. And people shortage is a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so yeah. what we've tried to do um, is uh, provide not just a platform that's an aut- uh, automated solution and an automated security technology, uh, but we've also tried to provide a managed service to all of our customers to help them, you know, manage uh, the alerts, right? Would that that get fired by the platform? What do I do? Is there an investigation needed? Do I issue a takedown and command? So, you know, going international, the first international office was Santiago, the second was London, the third was, was uh, Bangalore, and and look, each of them had their own unique challenges. Um, certainly, in the UK, we had visa challenges, um, yeah. and now I'm sure we're going to have some more challenges uh, with the uh, the departure of uh, the United Kingdom from the European Union. Uh, but yeah, that was. That was one of the big, uh, big kind of stepping stones for us mm-hmm. that, that uh, raised, raised concern. I mean, um, you know, you're, and you're always looking, there's always challenges along the way, right? Do we have the right pricing model? I mean, pricing is such a, uh, a funny thing, especially when you're in a new market and you're, estab- you're establishing a beachhead, right? You're the first mover, you're the pioneer, which mm-hmm. is kind of the position that we sit in. And well, how much- A do we trailblazer. Start? A trailblazer, exactly. exactly. So how, how much should I charge for this? I don't, I don't know. What is a market bear? And then you see, especially as a young company, you know, you sell your first deal. You don't want to, oh, you're scared. You don't want to overprice it. Mm-hmm. Cause, you, cause want you, you want the deal. You need the sale mm-hmm. because you need that sale. You need that momentum. It to gets to your next round of funding. Well. How, do I? Did, did I undersell it? And you're kicking yourself. Well, should I have charged them more? What's it worth? And so over the years, you start to ask customers. You start to feel more comfortable with a group of customers that share feedback. Mm-hmm. And as long as you listen to your customers, I think you end up in the right spot, yeah. uh, both from a product development and feature functionality perspective, mm-hmm. as well as pricing perspective. But uh, it took us years and years to get to a, a stable pricing model that makes sense. And you know what we decided to do at that point was kind of throw out the general security notion of secrecy around pricing, and say we're going to make our pricing publicly uh, available. We put it on. Can we? We have to make our pricing simple. It's mm-hmm. got to fit on one page, and it needs to be explained in three sentences. And customers need to be able to look at the sheet mm-hmm. and pick what they're look you know pick the coverage they want, pick what they care about protecting. And so that's really the way we went down it. Uh, right? We said, hey, where are you trying to protect mm-hmm. uh, your organization? What digital data sources? What are you trying to protect? So your brand, or an executive's, or your team, or your physical locations, or your products, uh, or your accounts, and that's it. Right? Where and what? Very simple, straightforward. Um, You know, our sales team always says, we need to charge more. But what we try to do is we we try to give customers, uh, you know, that uh, we try to make sure customers feel the value for what they're paying for. And I don't think that's necessarily the case across all of the security industry. I think there's a lot of, uh, well, how much money do you have? Uh, And yes, that's the price. But that's not okay, right? We, we, we wanted to change the way people perceive security companies. Be a little bit different, uh, you know, blaze a new trail uh, around that, uh, you know, the pricing and the secrecy component, right? Um, so, you know, our partners, our customers, everybody knows what the what the amount is, what we charge, and you know, that's that. It, also, in the security industry, you know, we were trying to break away from the uh, well. Here's the price, but I'm willing to give you an 85 percent discount uh, mentality and just say, here's the price. This is what it costs. I mean That's the world we live in, right? How much is, uh, you know, how much is your cell phone? How much is your iPhone? Hmm. It's, it's, it's $800. Great. That's the price. Um, how much is coverage, you know, thousand dollars. Great. That's the price. Cool.
0: Right. So maybe we're starting to touch on this already, but, um, in the same vein on your journey, what, what were <laughs> the things perhaps that you're most proud of?
1: Oh yeah, we definitely are touching on it. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, listening to the customers and being willing to take critical feedback uh, from people uh, to improve ourselves and improve our process, improve our product uh, and not to feel like we're doing everything right. Um, a lot of uh, entrepreneurs will say, well, I know best, you know, I'm the smart one. I'm the one that came up with the idea. I have the best idea of direction. But, you know, certainly there's, you need that innovation. You need that yeah, ideation. but you know, customers that are dealing with the pain, they know what the pain is, and they and they have ideas too. And so, if you involve them in your process, uh, then you know, you're going to end up in a much better place. And and we did that from an early uh, early stage. Um, you know, uh, I, there's a couple of customers that come to mind right away that really pushed us uh, hard, and you know, they they really made us a much better organization and they made us a much better uh, product hmm. because of it. And so that's, that's definitely something I'm proud of. I, I also think the culture that we've created at Zero Fox, I mean, it's, everybody talks about culture especially in startups. Uh, but you know, I, it's really important, uh, to, to create a an environment where people are excited to come to work, um, and where they feel that, you know, they're being, Given as much information as hu- about the organization, the successes and the failures, as humanly possible, uh, and so we still uh, we started the company uh, and ran all hands. So you know, there's just a handful of us sitting, you know, in a conference room, and we would go around and hey, what are you working on this week? Well, let's talk about what we're doing. Hey, we'll give you an update on fun, uh, you know, on the fundraising that we're trying to go after. We'll talk about different customers or product challenges. No, but there was you know, six of us, right? And then there was. 10 of us and then there was 20 and then there was 50 and then there was a hundred uh and now there's uh 300 and, and so how do you maintain that level of transparency and connectedness to the business uh so to, still to this day twice uh every other week uh, on wednesday mornings we run a company uh, all hands mm-hmm. Uh, from Baltimore, uh, uh, or from London, or from Santiago, or from Bangalore, uh, and it's a video uh, session that's hosted with slides. And at the uh, at the castle, which is our headquarters, it's an old. Um, it looks like a castle. It's a the old Pabst uh, blue ribbon uh, bottling facility uh, pre-prohibition. Okay. Um, good to know. But yeah, uh, and we do have Pabst on tap if you're interested. Oh great, uh, we also to visit. <laughs> we also have a, a rotating selection of local Maryland uh, and Baltimore craft beers. Uh, because of course we do. Uh, yeah. But you know what we've been able to do is just create foster a culture that is unique. In, in a regional aspect but, but the same across uh, four global offices uh, and hundreds of people by commu- over communicating uh, and ensuring everybody is a part of uh, this, this journey together and that everybody feels a shared sense of ownership uh, in what we're doing and everybody feels the ability to raise their hand and say I think something's broken uh, or I think we can do this better uh, or I've got an idea. And and that's really really important. Not all organizations can say that, and that's definitely something that I'm super proud of.
0: So obviously, from our perspective, we were delighted that after you won in 2014, uh, which seems like I'm sure a lifetime ago <laughs> for you now, uh, and definitely much closer to the beginning part of yes. uh, the journey rather than the end. But obviously, you secured 27 million in B round funding for December 2014. Fifteen, and congratulations! You've just done another round. Yeah. Yes, I, to, I just thought a little Google, <laughs> just a little <laughs> Google there, and see what's been going on. Um, and that was led by Intel Capital, so seventy-four million. So yes. you've actually boosted our security sort of alumni raise by uh, you know over eight hundred million now.
1: Yeah, so it was uh, it's actually the largest. Um, uh, the largest, uh, funding round for a security company in Baltimore, uh, in the the history of the city. So, uh, yeah, we're pretty proud of that as well. Um, you know, we, we take our, uh, responsibility as kind of a citizen of Baltimore and, and what we're, you know, what we're trying to help build for that city as well, mm-hmm. very seriously. And then the state of Maryland um, and, and all the good things that we've gotten from them, received from them. And then, you know, they continue to uh, to support us with. Um, so uh, that, that was, that was very exciting. But yeah, look, the fun, fundraising is, is, is a funny thing. Um, uh, Peter Barris, who's uh, on our board of directors and uh, is the managing, one of the managing uh, directors at uh, NEA mm-hmm. uh, led our A round you he, he once said that no one congratulates the chef when they come back from the market. So, yes, we get we pat ourselves on the back for raising funds, um, but that's the, the raw materials. It's what you do with it afterwards. It's that it's the, the Michelin star cuisine that you create with those ingredients that, you know, people actually pay for it, and people really congratulate you on it should be congratulating you on um, and so it's great having Intel capital behind us has opened up a new world of possibilities uh, we're doing uh, we're running all of our artificial intelligence machine learning in the Intel cloud now and, and we've seen marked improvements uh, in speed and accuracy uh, through the Intel c- cloud um, working with their team there uh, has, has really helped our AI uh, you know market opportunity that, that Intel is able to open for us, right? Remember, let's not forget Intel owned MacV, uh for, for a long period of time. Uh, it, it was, you know, a MacV Intel security. Uh, so you know, there's a lot of great synergies between the between the Intel uh, team and, and the XeroFox team, um, and so it's nice to continue to have investors that come around the table that have deep expertise um, in every stage of our growth, right? Um, right? From building companies to you know finding the right people to um, selling and marketing and, and going to taking a, a product that is uh, growing at a great speed. Um, but how do you accelerate that 10 times faster?
0: Yeah, well, it was interesting. It mirrors very much a um, conversation that I was having um, just before we sat down and chatted with a bank who worked a lot with the startup community and was asking them what they were seeing, and they are saying, you know, tech's always been a huge uh, element, but we're expecting to see more money being put into the enterprise tech space now mm-hmm. because it's easier to be unique within enterprise versus the consumer world where it you, you'd have so little time between you becoming you know, an Uber, and then there's Uber two, Uber three, mm-hmm. Uber four, um, and you know, just eats and deliveries and all that kind of stuff. It is so easy to replicate that success. And if you get it right, you can basically be annihilated very yeah. quickly. So you can build it up quickly. Uh, and also the other thing is getting something to 50 million is pretty easy in consumer, but getting it beyond that is harder. So, because you get those factors yeah. coming in, so that's good news for everybody in our space, right? Yes. That the, the the money is is going to be freer than perhaps it has been of late. You know, yeah. so so we're seeing a, a positive trajectory.
1: Yeah. No, that is really good. Um, it. It's, but you've
0: it's, already done it, so you don't have to worry about yeah. it for a little while.
1: Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> Sorry, I did that last week. No, that's that. true. Yeah, but no, look, I, I think. Um, you know, I think it's building an enterprise company uh, is a longer journey uh, than building a consu- uh, you know, consumer company that can be a success overnight mm-hmm. um, because enterprises, especially in the security space, are highly demanding on the technologies that they deploy to protect their billions of dollars in revenue. Um, but once you, you know, and, and I think it's another important point uh, that once you. Get a customer, you need to make sure that you keep them. Um, and I think a lot of companies in the enterprise technology space, you know, may not place a high enough importance on uh, keeping those customers happy, right? On that account management aspect, they're focused on the new business, uh, net new sales. Um, but you know, you keep a customer happy, your your you know your lifetime value for that customer goes up, um, the worth of your organization uh, grows, uh, but also you're going to just continue to uh, compound year over year, uh, and and. Enter into that you know that nice growth trajectory that everybody wants to see on that chart, you know, mm-hmm. uh, going up into the right. Uh, with a little, high, you know, a little of a, of a curve to it, um, and so it's it, enterprise security uh, technology, but security specifically poses so many challenges. Um, and you know, there's regulations, there's compliance standards, there's uh, data privacy and protection standards that you have to, to comply to if you, uh, you know, sell it all into the government space. Um, you know, even, you know, uh, the state and local, mm-hmm. right? You have a whole another set of requirements. Um, you know, it's so it's it's always. Trying to stay one step ahead, but um, I think you can build something very sustainable and hopefully predictable um, if you get if you get it right.
0: Yeah. So it's and I, I always feel that the entrepreneurs who set up very successful enterprise tech companies are much more likely to be able to replicate that success rather than being. You know perhaps the unicorns that yes will come through once in a million um but that is you know the right circumstances coming together at the right time with the right idea and to then have another idea that does the same thing is going to be Quite a big ask yeah. for someone, right? That would be great to be able to, you know, keep reinventing a new Facebook or, or whatever right. it will be. So, from your perspective, let's just look at, look at the awards. Obviously, it came at really a very crucial time for you. Um, you guys were just getting yourselves on the mark. So, thank you very much for you know your team taking the time to submit yourselves, and we're delighted that you've won. Um, what tips would you give to other people who are considering doing stuff like this at this sort of early stage when you've got so many other things that you could be doing? That maybe you would see as being, you know, more valuable, talking to the customers, those types of things.
1: As a, you know. It,
0: mm.
1: um, my co-founder, James Foster, always placed a high uh, priority on uh, industry recognition and awards. Um, you know, and maybe there was a time when I just thought it, you know, oh, well, you know, trying to win an award, you know, maybe comes off, you know, vain. Uh, however, you know, what I realized was, it's very important because this is an independent group that is I, I, reviewing so many other companies and helping you stand out from, there's a crowded field, especially when you're an early stage company and you want and you need investment. You need investment to keep the lights on and to grow. Uh, you know, being able to say that, hey, we 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 won an award um, that you know is is a reputable award in the industry, and it doesn't go unnoticed by investors. It doesn't go unnoticed by customers, right? Mm. I think it's a very valuable thing, especially for an early stage company, mm. to you know spend the time to uh, pr- you know promote their product, evangelize their product into the market. And what better way to do that than with kind of an independent third. 3rd party uh, you know, trophy uh, to say, you know, hey, take a look at us because somebody else thinks we're pretty cool and we're doing something really unique here. Uh, and that might be just the leg up that you need mm. to get the uh, get the meeting with the uh, the investor, uh, to get that customer to open that email uh, or to get that, that next deal across the finish line.
0: Yeah, every little helps, as I said.
1: Absolutely.
0: I mean, the other thing that we were talking about today is also this long time you know if you're in a consumer tech startup you'll be working very 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 hard for a much shorter period of time right don't tell me that you got the awards in your first round of funding and then suddenly you can relax yeah no. everybody's you know kicking back in the caribbean for a couple of weeks and you know it just gets you know there is a sustainability it's much more of a marathon than a sprint and it takes a lot of effort so i mean i feel that there's certainly a benefit for your team because you have been slogging away and somebody's noticed
1: Mm -hmm. that's right
0: and you 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 know you need to motivate your yourself to keep going to the yeah.
1: next hurdle yeah absolutely yeah it's, it's 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 it gives you a moment to stop briefly mm. only briefly yeah, uh and just push. say hey we're doing like, we're on to something we're doing the right thing the hard work is being noticed and recognized um and we're heading in the right direction um and all this pain and suffering uh, and time and energy is uh is worth it um you know it's 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 you know that you can't place a, a dollar value on that morale boost that it mm-hmm. gives to the team and the people that are really pouring their hearts and souls into, into the project because mm-hmm. yeah, you're right the returns don't come right away mm-hmm. um, it takes years and years to build in the enterprise technology space to, to gain those those start getting those returns and getting the validation from the market in terms of revenue and customers that you know uh, ultimately now is is kind of the how we measure our success
0: yeah. Brilliant. Well, let's hope that we get to sit down next year at RSA. You can tell me more about the exciting things that have been happening. yeah i'd like to just thank you for your time and and you know all the efforts that you've put in and uh yeah
1: absolutely appreciate your time no uh, th- thank you for everything and uh, enjoyed the conversation and uh, hopefully that somebody listening to this will will say you know hey uh, this is something that we should pursue or yeah uh, let's go after this uh, and let's let's take it for a run
0: great lovely